Let's open our Bibles, please, to the book of Matthew, chapter 8. Matthew, chapter 8. We appreciate your patience while we were able to take care of this very important church business. Matthew, chapter 8. I'm going to start reading at verse 23. Let's pray and ask our Lord's blessing on the word of the Lord. Actually, you know what? Before I pray, let's all stand to our feet. Most of us have been sitting down for a while, and let's kind of stretch our legs. Let's get our circulation going. Let's wake up a little bit here, okay? Uh, and let's go before the Lord. I'm going to pray, and then I, I'd like for you, if you're physically able, to remain standing while I read this section of Scripture. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray right now, God, that you would bless the reading of your word here this morning. We pray for your spirit to anoint it and give it life. Lord God, we pray that you would be with us individually and personally, that we, Father, would pull up, put our full attention on what is being said in these next few minutes, Lord God. After that, we can go about our way, go about our business, do whatever it is that we have to do, but help us to put our 100% attention on you for these next few minutes. Help us to honor your word and your spirit, Lord God, and your heart to us here this morning. I pray for myself that you will help me also to communicate your word effectively. I need your help, Lord. Organize my thoughts and my words. Let it be your word that flows in this place here this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said... Amen. Please remain standing if you don't mind. Let me read this section of scripture. It says this. Then he, Jesus, got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. He replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. When he arrived at the other side in the region of the Gadarenes, two demon-possessed men coming from the tombs met him. They were so violent that no one could pass that way. What do you want with us, son of God? They shouted. Have you come here to torture us before the appointed time? Some distance from them, a large herd of pigs was feeding. The demons begged Jesus, if you drive us out, send us into the herd of pigs. He said to them, go. So they came out and went into the pigs, and the whole herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and died in the water. Those tending the pigs ran off went into the town and reported all this, including what had happened to the demon-possessed man. men. Then the whole town went out to meet Jesus, and when they saw him, they pleaded with him to leave their region. You may be seated. Thank you so much. Now, we began looking at this section of Scripture a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we skipped last week, of course, because it was Mother's Day, and Evelyn blessed us with her ministry last Sunday. But a couple of weeks ago, we looked at this, and uh, we this was before the National Day of Prayer for our country, and we were talking about the importance of prayer. And we shared in this section of Scripture that it can be divided into two sections, the story of a violent storm at sea and the story of two violent demon-possessed men. And again, in this first story, it talks about a violent storm that occurred while the disciples were with Jesus on a boat on the Sea of Galilee. And a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the word suddenly, which is found in verse 
24, we learn that when calamity comes, it comes suddenly. When disaster sweeps over you, it happens suddenly. When the whirlwind knocks you over, it happens suddenly. When distress comes, it comes suddenly. When trouble comes, it comes suddenly. When you find yourself overwhelmed, it happens suddenly. Disaster, trouble happens. We get blindsided. We get backstabbed. We don't see it coming. It happens suddenly and surprisingly. And what is, and what is it that happens suddenly? Suddenly a furious storm came up in Matthew 8, 24. Suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake. You see, God wants us to understand something very important here. All of us are going to go through storms at some time in our life. And most of us, and most of the time, we will be able to manage those storms on our own, in our own strength, with our own resources, with our own experience and knowledge and abilities and skills. And the sad reality is that we sadly tend to ignore God or to we take God for granted or we choose not to even take time to call on God or acknowledge God or cry out to Him, even in the small and manageable storms of our life. But then there comes a time when you and I have to deal with a furious storm, a violent storm, a storm that makes us believe that we're going to die, a storm that makes us believe that we have no hope, a storm that makes us believe that there is no future, a storm that paralyzes us with fear and panic and it grips our heart, makes us feel that there is no way out, that there's no way of escape, that life and all of its pressures and crisis and problems and circumstances and events are just too overwhelming for us. We feel like we are drowning. We feel like we're going to die. But we learn that as long as we are in the boat with Jesus. How many of you are not ashamed to say that you're in the boat right now with Jesus as you're traveling on this journey called life? Can you say amen, church? We got to keep Jesus on board. We got to keep talking to him and we got to keep fellowshipping with him. We got to make sure that he's the one that's stirring the ship because we're going to make a mess out of things. As long as we're with the Lord, as long as we strive daily to seek after Jesus and are on board with Jesus, sometimes even with the Lord, it gets scary and overwhelming. But as long as the Lord is there, we're going to be okay, church. We're going to be okay. So now let's look at the second part of the section of Scripture, the story of the two violent demon-possessed men. In verse 28, let me read it again. It says this. When he arrived at the other side in the region of the Gadarenes, Two demon-possessed men coming from the tombs met him. They were so violent that no one could pass that way. What do you want with us, son of God? They shouted. Have you come here to torture us before the appointed time? Some distance from them, a large herd of pigs was feeding. The demons begged Jesus, if you drive us out, send us into the herd of pigs. So he said to them, go. So they came out and went into the pigs, and the whole herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and died in the water. Those tending the pigs ran off, went into the town, and reported all this, including what had happened to the demon-possessed men. Then the whole town went out to meet Jesus, and when they saw him, they pleaded with him to leave the region. And so now we see that Jesus and the disciples, they made it to the country of the gatherings, and they made it 
and they're alive. They survived the storm on the Sea of Galilee. They thought they were going to die. They thought they were going to drown. They thought that it was over, but because they were with the Lord, he assured them that they were going to make it to the other side, and they make it to the region of the gatherings, and they are alive, and they're shouting hallelujah. Church, does it feel good when you know that you have survived a storm, something very difficult, something very challenging? How many of you would agree with me that gives us reason to celebrate? Can you say amen? Well, they were celebrating, believe me, because they were out of that boat. They were out of that sea. They were out of that storm. They were on land, and they had made it through, and they were shouting hallelujah. And they made it to the other side, praise God. They survived the furious storm. Thank you, Lord. Then the Bible tells us that when Jesus and the disciples got to the other side of the lake, they were in the region of the gatherings. And this is important because these people were Gentiles and not Jewish. In the Bible, you have two categories of people. You have the Jewish people, and everybody else in the world is a Gentile. No matter what your nationality, no matter what your race, no matter where you're from, if you are not Jewish, you are a Gentile in terms of the Bible. They were raising pigs. The gatherings were raising pigs, which is against Jewish law, but perfectly fine for Gentiles. Thank you, Jesus, because I love my bacon and I love my sausage. Hallelujah. But the fact that Jesus even went there is a major event of importance because his main focus was to the Jewish people, to the Jewish community. And yet he purposely and intentionally enters a non-Jewish community, the region of the Gadarenes. I don't know about you, but aren't you glad for that day, if you're not Jewish here, aren't you glad for that day when Jesus chose to go into your house, into wherever you were, and he saved your soul? Praise God for that. Anyways, this was not a Jewish community. The Bible tells us that Jesus met two demon-possessed men and that these guys were living in the tombs. The Bible tells us that these guys were very violent. The New King James Version tells us that these guys were not just fierce, but they were exceedingly fierce. They were so fierce that no one could even go near that place. You were putting your life on the line if you came near these demon-possessed men. I hate to say this, but every time I read this section of Scripture, it kind of reminds me of the time that I was a boy growing up in the city of San Fernando. Now, I don't mean to put down San Fernando, but man, when I was growing up there, there were some times that I was facing some pretty scary times as far as I was remember, as far as I remember growing up in San Fernando and in Pacoima, that whole area right there, okay? There were certain places that were very violent when I was a boy. There was a section in the barrio right there in the middle of San Fernando where there were like four cantinas all in a row. A cantina, for those of you that don't know Spanish, is a bar. But these bars were like wicked places. It was sad. Okay, you're talking about a very poor neighborhood and people that are very violent. And when they start mixing all of that with drinking and women and all kinds of madness, it gets crazy. People were always getting killed and shot in that place. And I hated going there. Even in the daytime, I was scared to go by there because you could actually feel that evil in that section of town. There was also a place called Las Palmas Park. Okay, Las Palmas Park, when I was growing up, when I was a boy, it was a 
death zone. There were so many fights, gang fights there, so many shootings there, so many people died there. It was a very sad situation. Now, things have improved somewhat. Things are a lot different now. Those cantinas are not there anymore. Las Palmas Park is all cleaned up. But there's still certain parts of San Fernando and Pacoima, even today, that are very dangerous. Remember, Pacoima is where little Tony Lopez got shot and killed last year. But man, in the 50s and 60s, those places were evil to me. It's really sad when even the cops are scared to go into a certain section of the neighborhood. And that's how bad it would get sometimes. This place that Jesus was at, the gatherings, not only sounds like San Fernando and Pacoima, it sounds like old school Alabama Street and Canoga Park. It sounds like Blythe Street and Panorama City. It sounds like old school Reseda and old school Van Nuys. It sounds like South Central or East L.A. This place called the gathering sounds like our segregated prisons and jails and penitentiaries. If any of you have ever been in prison or in a penitentiary, you know that if you are, if you are in the wrong place at the wrong time, it will be very dangerous for you. We're talking about an exceedingly fierce people that are cold-blooded, evil, and would not hesitate to take you out. Let me read another section of scripture that speaks to us about the same incident and how violent these men were. In the book of Mark chapter 5, verses 1 through 5, I'm going to read this in the New King James. It says this, Then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadarenes. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs. And no one could bind him, not even with chains, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains. And the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces. Neither could anyone tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones." The Bible tells us that this man or these men that, uh, that had been, that, that they would try to handcuff them, they would try to put them in chains, the, that, that these men were so fierce and violent that they were able to break the handcuffs, break the chains. This is like the devil's version of Samson, except that these men were possessed by evil instead of God's spirit. And the Bible tells us that they would even try to put shackles on them, but they were so fierce that they would break the shackles into pieces. The Bible tells us that no one was able to tame them. The Bible tells us that they would cut themselves with stones. You think that teenagers cutting themselves today and and bleeding to death is something new. No way. This has been going on for centuries. Cutting is demonic. These guys were suicidal. These guys were masochists. These guys wanted to hurt themselves. These guys wanted to kill themselves. These They were self-destructive. They inflicted terror on themselves and others. They were in a death zone. Let me read another section of scripture that gives us even more information about how violent and wicked these men were. In Luke chapter 8, verses 26 through 30, it says this. Again, in the New King James, it says, Then they sailed to the country of the Gadarenes, which is opposite Galilee. 
And when he stepped out on the land, there met him a certain man from the city who had demons for a long time. And he wore no clothes, nor did he live in a house, but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out, fell down before him, and with a loud voice said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the guard, to come out of the man. For it had often seized him, and he was kept under guard, bound with chains and shackles. And he broke the bonds and was driven by the demon into the wilderness. Jesus asked him, saying, What is your name? And he said, Legion, because many demons had entered him. Here the Bible tells us that this man or these men were naked. They were absolutely vulnerable. They had no protection. They had no covering. They were completely exposed. They had been stripped of all their integrity. They had been stripped of all their dignity. They had been stripped of all their respect. They had been stripped of all their morality. They had been stripped of all their hope. They had been stripped of all joy. They had been stripped of all peace. They had been stripped of all that is important to the human soul. And do you know what happens to a man or a woman when he or she feels completely stripped or raped or violated or abused, you're going to have a very violent human being. Is anyone out there understanding what I'm talking about here? We have a lot of people in this world that are hurting big time, that have been through some awful, horrible, ridiculously crazy, evil stuff. And they're messed up. And they have a lot of problems. And the Bible tells us that the name of these demons were legion because they were many. Legion, the definition of legion is a division of the ancient Roman army with from 3,000 to 6,000 soldiers. This means that these demon-possessed men had at least 3,000 to 6,000 demons in them. The disciples had just been through the worst storm of their lives on the Sea of Galilee. And Jesus told them, don't be afraid. The storm that they were in on the Sea of Galilee, that was a natural storm. The storm that they were in on the Sea of Galilee, that was a visible storm. The storm that they were in on the Sea of Galilee, it was exceedingly fierce and violent and dangerous. And it was a deadly storm. But now Jesus was talk, taking them into another type of storm. This too was an exceedingly fierce storm. But this was a storm of the Spirit. This was an exceedingly fierce storm of the Spirit. The spirit of suicide was raging out of control. The spirit of masochism was raging out of control. The spirit of violence was raging out of control. The spirit of rage was raging out of control. The spirit of hopelessness and helplessness and depression. The spirit of death. The spirit of perversion and deception and poverty. The spirit of drug abuse, witchcraft, alcohol addiction, smoking, spirit of sexual sin, which includes pornography, fornication, adultery, homosexuality, bestiality, incest, molestation, abortion. You talk about a storm. You talk about an exceedingly fierce and great storm. You talk about a tempest. 
These men now were in a storm. You talk about a person's life being completely out of control. There were thousands of spirits raging out of control. I just mentioned a little bit, a little while ago, 22 different things. But the legion is 3,000 to 6,000 demons. And legion was out of control. And the, when the disciples, what the disciples went through on the Sea of Galilee was nothing compared to this storm. So what is the Bible telling us? Before Jesus arrived in the country of the Gadarenes, the people of that town tried to figure out to calm that storm. They were trying their best to calm that storm, this spiritual storm. No matter what they did, nothing worked. They tried handcuffs. They tried chains. They tried shackles. They tried all kinds of stuff. They tried everything they knew to tame this violent and dangerous, these violent and dangerous men. These men just got worse and worse. The situation just got worse and worse and worse. Till now, these demon-possessed men were filled with thousands of demons. The situation got so bad that now no one could even go near where these men were. It was a death zone. No matter what they tried, they could not stop this spiritual storm from raging out of control. Are you guys with me so far? Can you say amen? This was a bad situation. They were learning the hard way that handcuffs are not going to get rid of a spirit. They were learning the hard way that chains are not going to get rid of a spirit. Shackles are of no use or value when you are trying to get rid of a spirit. Jail or a prison cell is not going to get rid of a spirit. There is no human method available to man that will be able to tame a spirit. But guess what? Jesus decided to visit the Gadarenes. How many of you can shout hallelujah that Jesus decided to visit the Gadarenes? And the Gadarenes learned that there is only one who can overpower legion. And his name is Jesus. Church, can you shout his name? Can you say Jesus? Can you say his name again? Jesus He's the only one that can tame legion. He's the only one. I want to do a Jesus cheer. You know how they do in football for your football team. I want to do a Jesus cheer for my Lord. Can you give me a J? Can you give me an E? Can you give me an S? Can you give me a U? Can you give me another S? What's that spell? Say it again. Say it again. Who's our king? Who's the Lord? Who's coming soon? Who's coming soon? You guys are crazy. Jesus was in town. Yes. Get crazy for God. The devil gets crazy. We get crazy for God. I'm tired of the devil having all the fun. Let's have some fun in church. I don't care if you get up and start doing jumping jacks. That'll be cool. Well, I want you to know something. We in today's generation have fallen into the same trap that the people of the gatherings fell into. We're trying to tame these spirits today 
By building more prisons, building more jails, building more courthouses. We're trying to tame these spirits today with meds and therapy, psychiatry, hypnosis, psychosis. We're trying to use a psychic hotline. We're trying to pump them up with Thorazine. We're trying to legalize marijuana. We're trying to establish a one world order, globalism, weapons of war, and all, and pumping all kinds of, uh, of money. We're even, we're, we're just giving up. We're even kicking people out of their prisons. We're, we're saying, we're saying, Let's defund the police department. Let's defund all this stuff. We're just giving up. We're letting the demons take over. Because we don't know what to do. This is crazy. This is nonsense. None of these things can stop a spirit. Only Jesus has the power and the authority to tame a spirit. Only Jesus has the power and the authority to rebuke a spirit. Only Jesus has the power and the authority to overpower a spirit. And only Jesus has the power and the authority to free us and liberate us from the evil and murderous powers of hell. Only Jesus. How do I know this? How do I know that only Jesus can set the captive free? That only Jesus can liberate us from the deception and the lies and the darkness and the bondage and the curse of sin? I want to show you a picture here. Show this first picture, can you please? Let's see if we can make this work here. All right. Someone in our church sent me this picture, not knowing what I was going to preach on. He did not know what I was going to preach on. He just happened to send me this picture. So I said, you know what? This will go good for my sermon on Sunday. Does anybody, can anybody tell me who this guy on the left here holding that big old gun that looks like a a Clint Eastwood dirty hairy pistol, okay? Anybody want to try to guess who that is right there? Uh, Let's show the next picture. Oh, look how cute Richard looks now. Doesn't he look so cute? No wonder Kathy married you, Richard. Look how cute you are. And what does he have there in front of him? What does he have? Instead of a gun, he has what? The Bible. Thank you, Jesus. Show the next picture. Show the next picture here. Who, who, who can guess? Who do you think that is right there? Who's this white boy Cholio over here trying to show off? Who's this, who's this guy? Okay, show the next picture. That's Teddy. Hi, Teddy. How are you, buddy? Hallelujah. Jesus set you free, Teddy. Show the next picture. That's Teddy getting baptized by Mal and Bessie Wilson. Hallelujah. God turned his life around, church. Now, let me say something about Mal Wilson. I get to talk to you about you, Mal, because you're not here to defend yourself. So I get to, this is Mal Wilson right here. Okay. He used to be a low rider. In San, he grew up in San Fernando in Pacoima, just like I did. He had a 1957 low-rider car. He was back in the OG days. But now look at him. He's baptizing people in our baptismal tank. Thank you, Jesus, for what you did in Mel's life. <laughs> Bessie has always been a saint. I'm like, I can't say anything about Bessie. Actually, I don't know. Who knows what her past is? But I do know about Mal. The only reason I know about Mal is because every Thursday night when the men would get together, he would always share his testimony about how he used to be and now how he is now with Jesus. And praise God for that. Hallelujah. Let's show this next picture here. Let's see if you can guess who this is. Okay, so right here. Okay, this looks like a Pancho Villa picture. But uh, right here. Who who does that look like to you? 
No. He, he goes to our church. He's here. As a matter of fact, he's here at church today. Who? That's right, Saul. You guess. Show the next picture. There is Bobby with his family. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Bobby was on his way to prison in that picture that you just saw a little while ago. His life was messed up. He did not think that he would, be, that he would make it to the age of 22. In his mind, he really believed he was not going to make it to 22 years old. But you know what? Bobby met Jesus. Hallelujah. Bobby has been in institutions his whole life. Youth authority. All his life. It, could, it did not help him. It did, nothing helped him. But Jesus set him free. And, now, and most of you saw, heard his testimony on Thursday on the National Day of Prayer when he shared how God brought his family back together again and brought his kids back together. How many of you thank God for Jesus and what he's done in our lives? Can you say amen? Listen, I can talk to you. I can give you examples uh, of, of the Iranian church. There's a church that meets here in our own church building at 1.30. They have church. They speak in the Farsi language. These are uh, Iranian um, ex-Muslims, ex-terrorists, and God set them free, and now they're worshiping and going to church and praising Jesus. These are miracles. Do you know why these men are free today? Do you know why these men are alive and healthy and in their right minds today? It's because of Jesus. But here's the sad reality and end of this Bible account. In the book of Luke, I'm going to read from the book of Luke chapter 8. Verses 26 through 39. Listen to what it says here, NIV version. It says this. They sailed to the region of the Gerasenes, which is across the lake from Galilee. When Jesus stepped ashore, he was met by a demon-possessed man from the town. For a long time, this man had not worn clothes or lived in a house, but but had lived in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell at his feet, Shouting at the top of his voice. Shouting at the top of his voice. What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, don't torture me. Now, I'm being really soft right now, but man, this guy was not soft. This guy was, was, he was crazy. For Jesus had commanded the impure spirit to come out of the man. Many times it had seized him. And though he was chained hand and foot and kept under guard, he had broken his chains and had been driven by the demon into solitary places. Jesus asked him, what is your name? Legion, he replied, because many demons had gone into him. And they begged Jesus repeatedly not to order them to go into the abyss. A large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside. The demons begged Jesus to let them go into the pigs. And he gave them permission. When the demons came out of the man, they went into the pigs and the herd of, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When those tending the pigs saw what had happened, they ran off and reported this in the town and countryside. And the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they found the man. Listen to this. This is key. When they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone out sitting at Jesus' feet, dressed. And in his right mind. And they were afraid. 
Those who had seen it told the people how the demon-possessed man had been cured. Then all the people of the region of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them because they were overcome with fear. So he got into the boat and left. The man from whom the demons had gone out begged to go with him. But Jesus sent him away saying, Return home and tell how much God has done for you. So the man went away and told all over town how much Jesus had done for him. Isn't that fantastic, church, what God had done for this man? The Bible tells us that after Jesus set these demon-possessed men free, verse 35 tells us that they were sitting at Jesus' feet, they were dressed, and they were in their right minds. Do you know what a miracle that is? Do you know what a miracle it is that you right now are sitting down in this church and you are listening to the Word of God? The Holy Spirit has changed your life. God has changed your life before you knew God, before you were into God, before you were aware of God, before you were conscious of God, before you were saved, when you were on your way to hell, when you were doing your thing, when you were just facing life on your own and you thought that you had it handled before Christ came into your life, you you would never be found in a church sitting down, sitting still listening to the word of God but God got a hold of you and here we are in church sitting at the feet of Jesus that's the best place we can be church sitting at the feet of Jesus when you wake up in the morning spend some time with Jesus during the day while you're being rocked by life in traffic, in the office, at work, whatever your drama is, whatever your atmosphere, whatever your life is all about. I don't know what your life is, but man, you're getting rocked every single minute of the day. Every As the hours go by, you're getting rocked. Temptations, opportunities, all kinds of stuff, all kinds of madness, all kinds of, you're getting rocked and you're getting pushed around. And man, just keep Jesus right there. Just keep sitting at the feet of Jesus. And before you go to bed at night, just have a little talk with Jesus right before you go to bed and he'll give you a good night's sleep how many of you understand what i'm talking about he says the bible says he was sitting there at the feet of jesus and he was clothed you know what the bible says that when you become a christian god clothed us with righteousness he gave us brand new garments of praise that reflect his glory can you say amen church we're no longer out there naked and vulnerable and all messed up no we have robes of righteousness we belong to the king of kings and the lord of lords praise god for that and the bible says he was in his right mind He was in his right mind. He was not out of his mind. He was in his right mind. In verses 34 and 35, the Bible tells us that the ones who were tending the pigs went to tell the townspeople what had happened. They said, you'll never believe what happened. You'll never believe it. You never believe what we just saw. You know that scary and dangerous maniac who lives in the tombs that we've tried to put away? Well, guess what? This man named Jesus set him free. This man named Jesus rebuked the demons. And the demons went into the herd of pigs. And the pigs went crazy. And they stampeded off the cliff. And they drowned in the ocean. We lost our whole herd of pigs. But Jesus healed the maniac. Now this maniac is no longer a maniac. He is sitting at the feet of Jesus. We can't believe it. He's all calm. He's all he's, he's healed. He's set free. He no longer is 
is naked and he's dressed. He no, he's no longer out of his mind. He's in his right mind. And as a result, all the town people came out to see for themselves that this man and what these people were saying was true. And, and they saw him and he was clothed and he was sitting at the feet of Jesus and he was in his right mind. And when they witnessed for themselves the true power of God, when they saw how this guy could not only be controlled with was not able to be controlled with chains or handcuffs or shackles or meds or prison bars or anything known to man how he was healed do you know how they responded let's put on verse 37 right there can you put it on the board it says this then all the people of the region when they saw what happened they began to worship and praise jesus and glorify jesus as lord and savior and god is that what the bible says no the bible doesn't say that Then all the people of the region of the garrisons asked Jesus to leave them because they were overcome with fear. So he got into the boat and he left. Now, it kind of surprises me. It really does. When someone comes to church and then they get saved. I mean, radically saved. Crazy saved. It shocks me how when they go back home and their mother sees it and their father sees it and their brothers and sisters see it and they witness the power of God that that man or that woman has been changed by the power of God and it doesn't even faze them and it shocks me I said what's wrong with you this man or this woman was out of control they were out of their minds they were like totally out of it and now they're healed and set free and it doesn't even phase you you're the mother and it doesn't even phase you you're the father you're the brother you're the sister and it doesn't even touch your heart is there something wrong with you these people told jesus to leave Get out. We don't want any of this stuff here. Now, this is very sad what I'm going to say. I don't share it very much. After I got saved, I was so radical, so crazy for God. That because, and then the other thing that broke my mom's heart was I left the Catholic church and I started coming here to church. It broke her heart. But she actually said to me, now she changed later on. I want you to know it ends good. Praise God for that. But at that time, when I was really into God and when in the beginning of my, of my journey with Jesus, she actually said, you know what, Jerry? I liked you better before than you are now. When I would be smoking and partying and out of control and all messed up. She actually said that to me. That was my own mother. And that's what these people did. They rejected Jesus. The people pleaded with Jesus to leave them alone. They wanted Jesus to get out. They rejected Jesus. They didn't want Jesus around. We in America are doing the same thing that the gatherings did. We don't want Jesus in our public schools. We don't want Jesus in our courthouses. We don't want Jesus in our pregnancies. We don't want Jesus in our marriages. We don't want Jesus in our politics. Sadly, America is rejecting the only one that can heal our land. America is rejecting Jesus. Church, I know that we had National Day of Prayer a couple of weeks ago 
but I'm encouraging you. I am pleading with you. We need to continue to pray and cry out to our God for our country on a daily basis. We need to pray that America will rediscover Jesus Christ. He is the only way. He is the only truth. He is the only solution. He is the only life. We need Jesus back in America. Can you say amen to me, church? Let's pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for our country, Lord. Our country is in a mess. That's why I'm encouraging George and Tanya. They got to get this right. They're brand new parents, Lord. They got a little baby. They got to get it right. They need you, Lord. They need to get this right. We don't want to see their little girl all messed up, all confused, trapped in darkness and chaos and madness. We don't want that for her. You don't want that for her. You don't want that for any of our babies, any of our kids. We pray for our country, Lord. We pray that you will help us to repent and to come back to you, to get things right, to put things in order, to return to sitting back at your feet to learn of you. If you're here this morning and you say, Jerry, I am not a Christian. I have never surrendered my life to Jesus. If I were to die today or if Jesus were to come, I'm not sure if I would go to heaven. If that's you here this morning, you are not a Christian and you want to surrender your life to God. Listen, he's the only one that can handle your storm. He's the only one that can handle your life. He is the only one. You can try whatever you want. You can go wherever you want. You can experiment with whatever you want, but nothing is going to work. The only thing that works is Jesus. Now, if you're tired of doing your own thing and running your own program and you want to surrender your life to God, just lift up your hand right now. You are not a Christian and you want to surrender your life to Jesus. Just lift up your hand right now. We will pray. Those of you online, just say this prayer. Have you ready to receive the Lord? Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I repent. I surrender. I give my life to you. Come into my life, Lord. Set me free. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's give glory to God here this morning. Amen, church. Hallelujah. Those of you that need any prayer, I'm going to open up the altar. You've been very patient. We appreciate you being in church here this morning. If you want prayer, come on up here to the altar. We'll take time to pray with you, whatever you may be going through. Otherwise, you're all dismissed. God bless you, church.